Exactly. Everyone's against us. Everyone yeah. wants Leeds to fail. Let's stick a middle finger up and, and sort it out. The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Roaring Peacock Podcast. It's a very special podcast today because I'm the host, not normally the host of this one, uh, but I'm Ross. Joining me for this special episode is Mr. Stats. Good morning. How you doing, mate? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good. Very excited for this podcast. And we're joined by a very special guest. That's because this is all down to you. Yeah, uh, we've kind of gone through the records and someone that, that basically got the story back on track, really, on a very sunny day back in August 20, 2007, away at Tramia Rovers, the score of our first ever League One goal. Matt Heath, good morning, Matt. How are you, OK? Very well, thank you. Yourself? <laughs> Yeah, really good. Thank you. Considering. Lovely. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your time. We just yeah. wanted to find out a bit about your time at Leeds, how it all started, and, and obviously with the 2006, 7, 7 8 season. So <clears throat> basically, it's kind of autumn 2006. Leeds had started the season dreadfully. They'd suffered a bit of a playoff hangover. Dennis Wise, your old country teammate, had, had come in to take the reins off Kevin Blackwell. How did the move come about to Leeds? Um, to be honest, it was like we were just chatting off air. It was very similar at Coventry moving up to Leeds. Um, it's never stable being, um, you know, a footballer. You yeah. never know where you're going to be from. It was literally one day to the next. Um, <laughs> so it just came about where I was out of favour at Coventry. Um, I think the manager, Mickey Adams, had his sidekick, Alan Cork, at the time. And they brought me into the office and they kind of played good cop, bad cop. And Mickey <laughs> said, I don't want you here. I need, to, need you to move on. And Alan Cork goes, well, don't worry about it, because I spoke to Dennis and uh, Leeds want you up the road. <laughs> and at the time, it was it was like I'd never moved away from home in Leicester. I still lived at home, commuted to Coventry. Um, so it was a little bit daunting, yeah. honestly. And I'll say I didn't realise how big the club was at the time. I knew it was a big club and I knew they had good history, but I did not realise how big it was. So at the time, I was a little bit apprehensive, but I got in the car, drove up the uh, M1 uh, to Leeds, met Dennis. And literally, the move just happened in less than a day. Oh wow! And the next, yeah, the next day, I was take, taking all of my gear up, staying in the hotel for a couple of months until I got something mm. sorted because it was initially online. Wow, that's so. Amazing. Yeah, you, um, it does happen that quick. Were you like aware of the, the, obviously you must have been aware of the situation at Leeds, but kind of the the magnitude of what had happened and no, where we were. <laughs> no, like obviously from the outside of you follow football, so you know where they were and where they got to, but yeah. I don't think I understood how it had come about and kind of like the unrest that was happening at the club at the minute and how big they were and how much it was in a bad situation yeah. considering where they had been in, mm. you know, uh, Champions League quarters or semis or was it the semis? Semis, yeah. Semis, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was a big downfall really quickly. So, mm. But then on a personal side, it gave me the chance to play for a club um, and if they were in top, you know, where they are now, I would never have had that chance to play for a club like Leeds. So for me, I took the chance mm. and like we'll probably talk about, I really enjoyed my time there. Like it was amazing. Awesome. You made your debut in a 3-0 <laughs> victory against Colchester at Allen Road. You must have thought, Craig, this is quite easy just to <laughs> slot in and it kind of didn't turn out that way at the start. But do you know what? It was it 
it actually did felt, I don't want to say it felt easy, but going out and playing at Ellen Road with yeah. the fans behind you, teams coming there, and I felt like that game, they did just crumble. And I, th- I thought, yeah. a team's going to do this when they come here, like kind of <laughs> roll over and, and mm-hmm. cut. Obviously not, it didn't happen like that all the time. But at that first game, I think we were all on song at, at that time and we got a few goals to settle the nerves in that game and it, and it did just go really well. Um, yeah. And then obviously it wasn't great moving forward from there for that season. What was it like, obviously, the season turned out disaster, being involved in relegation, scrapping the dressing room? Were there sort of cliques at all or how was that managed really? Yeah, I mean, me coming in, I still felt at that time it was, there was a lot of big personalities at the club and a lot of um, players that were on decent money. They'd been mm-hmm. there, played a lot higher up, probably getting frustrated themselves at, they weren't in a higher position. And yeah. for me personally, I always felt like I was still kind of had the young player mentality. I just tried to fit in. I tried to do everything well. I tried to train hard, work hard. Um, so I kind of was on the edge of the main kind of, as you call them, cliques mm. uh, or the main groups of yeah. more senior professionals at the time. But I, you did get the feeling after being there for a while that there was a lot of, a lot of unrest bubbling under the surface with, you know, players that, the manager obviously needed to get out of the club and they've been there a long time and this, that and the other. So it was a it was a weird situation. I wasn't in the heart of kind of the nitty gritty yeah. of uh, making decisions or mm. or kind of voicing my opinions because I was just, I, I just felt like I was just a little bit too young to be doing that at that time. Fair enough. You formed a partnership with Matt Kilgallen, which was quite a, a young centre-back pairing. And I, I had really big high hopes for Matt Kilgallen as well. But I thought the, the pair of you two were really solid with, with Fraser on the right side as well. It was a, it's a pretty good back line, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, he he was a he was a cracking player. He obviously quick. He had a good left foot. He was good on the ball. Yeah. Um. He was decent in the air for um, a young lad as well. So it was it was quite a. It, it, most centre halves at that level are easy <laughs> to fit next to. It's just how you partner up and kind of yeah. how your strengths and weaknesses work together. Um. Maybe we were a little bit kind of on the younger side, and you do probably looking back now, need someone with a little bit more experience in the middle of the back four, just at least one person to yeah. kind of, um, you know, shout the orders and pull the reins a little bit. But yeah, Fraser obviously was good as well. We had Eddie Lewis at left back. We had some obviously decent players at the time. Really good players. Yeah, Healy and Blake up front was a, one of my favourite kind of Leeds partnerships to strike force. Yeah, Healy, Blake, then you had Horsfield was there. Richard Creswell was there at the time. So we had some great, you know, attacking players and, mm. you know, loads of options. You scored your first goal for Leeds in a 2-1 victory up at Hull at the end of January. We actually went bottom of the league despite winning that game. What were your memories of your first goal for Leeds? Um, I, do you know what? I spoke to someone a couple of months ago and they said exactly the same thing. And I can't remember how I scored that goal. I remember the game. I, I think yeah. I can remember scoring the goal, but I can't remember how it came about, what what the goal was. But I can I can vaguely remember. Yeah. I think, it, you know, in the dark times, you'd probably push them out a little yes. bit if you can't yes. remember yeah. them. The better time. I definitely remember the Tramway goal. <laughs> yes, yeah, we shall come to shortly. Yeah, there's yeah. another game I want to talk to you about when you scored your second goal for Leeds. was in a 2-1 victory at home to Crystal Palace. Mm. Unfortunately, Leeds made the headlines for the wrong reasons that day, that someone had leaked the team. I don't, what do you recall of that day? And um, uh, well, do we ever find yeah. out who it was? <laughs> yeah, well, no, we didn't. I mean... Again, it was just one one of these situations that I was kind of describing where there was things bubbling under the surface mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there was rumours around after it all come out and then it all settled down, did the manager 
do it himself or did he make it up just to cause a little bit of aggro to get players out I'm not I'm pretty certain he wouldn't have done that um did somebody who wasn't in the team say something like on purpose by accident like you just don't really know but I think the story was that after the game the opposition manager I think it's Peter Taylor at the time one of my old old managers he he told Dennis um that he knew the team before we started so that's how apparently it could it come about obviously it didn't change the outcome of the result because we won and it was just one of them things where if you're a manager you're going to be deeply hurt that someone in your squad is kind of working against you Mm. I mean knowing what I know now and and seeing good teams and good um you know team team dynamics you need everyone pulling in the right direction no matter if you're in starting 11 on the bench or in the squad and that's what a good manager can get going over time obviously Dennis was new in and he had to kind of like work his way in amongst the squad and get his own players in, which I feel like he did later, you know, the following season. But definitely, if you've got people going in all different directions and pulling, you've got, you know, you, you've got no chance of consistent victories. The, the BBC haven't been too kind with you for the, that, that goal against Hull. Um, it says Leeds went ahead after 20 minutes when Matt Heath bundled home Thompson's set piece. I bundled <laughs> it, did I? <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll take that one. You'll take yeah, that goal's one. Goal. Goal's a goal. <laughs> goal's a goal. <laughs> Just want to sort of fast forward to obviously one of the saddest days, April 27th, I think it was, 2007. Leeds Ipswich at Ellen Road. Leeds had to win the game uh, and hope results at, I think, Cole playing Cardiff uh, in Wales. Obviously, Leeds drew the game one on this match pitch invasion that we kind of knew we were, were heading down to League One. What are your recollections of that? Did you were involved in the game, but I'm sure you're probably there at the ground. Yeah, I, I think I probably one of my worst injuries I ever had and it wasn't even too bad to to be fair I had a knee operation at the end of the season obviously mm. I, I was fine for pre-season and, and moving forward but I just had to miss the last couple of games of the season just for a little clean up in my knee yeah. and I was sitting in the stand that day on crutches I couldn't move so I watched the game up in the stands could see it was all happening by the time I hobbled down to the changing rooms after mm. the game I think all the aggro and it had all kicked off yeah. um, in the changing room obviously we knew what was you know, ahead of us. And the manager, obviously, again, wasn't happy. And I'm pretty certain there was some angry words said at the time and some tempers were flared. But you know what? Like, when fans get frustrated, whatever club it is, you know that the players and the managers are just as frustrated, even even though fans probably don't feel that. It's our job, our livelihood. That's what we do. And for us to be failing at it and the manager to be failing at it, it, it does, it deeply hurts. No one wants to lose on purpose. So desperately, desperately sad times really for the club. What was the um, the atmosphere like in the road that day? I, I imagine it must have been, you could tell kind of something was in the air almost. Yeah, it was, you know, you could cut the tension, couldn't you, at, at the time. And it was always that underlying negativity around the whole ground. Yeah. Um, just kind of guessing what was going to happen, the inevitable was going to happen. I think we were more likely to go down and stay up yeah. weren't we at the time yeah 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 I think we needed to really rely on other people so yes. I mean it, yeah it's one of them places luckily now you know where you are at the minute and you're back in the place you should be it's just a time in the club where they had to kind of, of take their time away from the top league and I know a number of other teams have had to do it and other other big teams um it's just unfortunate that it happened at Leeds I think as fans I appreciate it more now where we are because of where we've been it, mm. it makes yeah. it feel more special now rather than exactly. being a team that hasn't suffered the lows have just always been there. You don't appreciate yeah. it as much, but yeah, it's fantastic now. 
Definitely. But was that summer like then, Max? I know there was a lot of stories going around that players weren't being paid and we didn't know the future of the football club. We had so many try lists. Uh, so I go and play Shelbourne, playing York City. What was that summer like personally for you with all the uncertainty going on? Um, so we didn't know we were getting a contract until, I can't remember, it was really, really late on in pre-season. It was mm-hmm. literally, you're training yeah. for free. <laughs> they say, I think they said they'll backdate it when it happens. Yeah. However, there was no certainty that you were going to get a contract at the end of it. And that was for everybody. So that's the reason why we had a lot of trialists come in. I mean, it's a massive, massive club. So, yeah, of course, people want to play for the club. And it was kind of just that extra uncertainty that you didn't know that it was going to be a, be something there at the end of it. So we just kind of had to knuckle down. And I think because of that, straight from the off in the pre-season, there was such a togetherness. There was obviously new players come in. Everybody knew the situation. Everyone was pulling in the right direction. Everyone wanted to be there and yeah. work hard. because. They could walk away for nothing. So yeah. it did feel like, even though it was kind of like a negative kind of aspect, it definitely drew everyone together. And and the manager at the time used it brilliantly as a, everyone's against us, let's stick together, let's do what we need to do. And I think that's what kind of then built up in pre-season. And we had a cracking pre-season. Like we worked really, really hard and we were such a fit team mm-hmm. going into the first game of the season. So... Uh, yeah, again, in certain times. You must not have known there was even going to be a team to, to enter the league with because there was talk that we weren't going to get our golden share and mm. we weren't going to have to play in the league. It must have been such a really tricky time to just, yeah. this is your job. And Yeah, they, they they try and keep, obviously as a player, they try and keep as much away from you as possible and 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 kind of keep you out of it and you your job is to concentrate on the training and, yeah. and the football side. To think that Leeds would have gone out of business and collapsed as a club you think, I thought, I can remember thinking, that's not going to happen. Not a chance that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, kind of like in, in the back of your mind, you're working towards something positive happening. Yeah. It wasn't like, for me personally, I didn't have other offers to go anywhere here, there and everywhere. I didn't try. I didn't want to look anywhere. Um, right. So, I was just concentrating on getting fit, getting ready for the season. And hopefully, then obviously what happened and, and we did, we started the season. Obviously, on the eve of the season, we were hit with a 15-point deduction which was completely unprecedented in English football. How did that affect the players? Because it kind of felt like, like a siege mentality going yeah. into the opening game of the season at Tranmere. Yeah, exactly that, what you said. It was, well, exactly. Everyone's against us. Everyone yeah. wants Leeds to fail. Let's stick a middle finger up and, and sort it out. And, yeah. and do you know what? Looking back, that really did work. I know mm. if we go into the game, we had a dodgy first half and, and yeah. whatever, but... The whole kind of us against the rest of well, the country, everyone, it really, really, really did work. And um, to get 15 points behind, I still think at the time, we thought, do you know what, that'll be fine, we'll get that back. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Without yeah, being too confident. Not, not, not the goals in. How good of a goal yes. scorer is Jermaine? Oh, do you know what? Like, when I joined the season before, he wasn't really, mm. he wasn't in the team or he wasn't playing. I think he went out on loan to Carlisle, I think. Yeah, maybe. Carlisle and Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe, Carlisle, yeah. And he, and he scored a lot of goals and that. Mm. And quite, it happens a lot in football. Going out somewhere to get regular football to play and score goals, you get so much confidence. And he come back. And I always thought in training, do you know what? You've got something because you're quick. You can literally 
control the ball, run really fast with the ball, which is obviously a, a great attribute as well. Yeah. And I always thought, oh, I don't like playing against you in training when we did an 11 v 11 or something. But then when he came back, he was on fire, wasn't he? Just yeah. like, he had so much confidence. Um, and he was a great player in League One for us at the time. Mm. And obviously, I want to bring you to that goal at Tramley. <laughs> I think the first half had been quite dodgy, yeah. uh, being in the in that away end. Chris Greenacre, <laughs> actually a Leeds fan, gave Tramley the lead in the first half. And then suddenly, I don't know what Dennis had said at half-time, but it all changed around. And obviously, you got on the end of a Nolan Thompson free kick and... The rest of the say is kind of history that day. Yeah, I think we were confident going into the game, like I said, but the first half really shocked us. Not that we were overconfident and mm-hmm. laid back, but it really shocked us, the pace of the game, how good they were. We probably mm. didn't take it for granted, but there was probably something in our minds to think, oh, it, it won't be too difficult. Um, and I, from memory, I think we could have been 2-0 down. I think they hit the yeah. post as well or had what yeah. called disallowed. I think yeah. He, did Ian Moore play against us as well that yeah. day? Moore, um, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so he had something to a point to prove as well. Um, and I think, yeah, at half time we went in, we were able just to take our kind of get our breathers and reiterate what was the game plans were. And I think he did have a few sharp words with us as well, which he, he did quite regularly. Um, <laughs> and then going out in the second half, scoring the goal was great because it was a it was a free kick that we'd worked on on the training ground so whenever you do something a little bit different you work on it and then it happens obviously the manager is going to be buzzing because he's kind of made it and he's helped that happen and as a as a team then it just gave us a good foothold in the game just to go on and luckily again nick a goal in the last few minutes yeah we seem to have a really good habit of doing that this season especially a lot of lot of late goals how was um dennis to play for then as a as a manager so I, I knew Dennis. I, he was a player at Leicester when I was a player. He was a player at Coventry when I was a player. Um, so I knew him fairly well. He was obviously has a past at Chelsea and Wimbledon and even at Leicester, he had a bit of a turn, you know, up and down. But again, I'm a young lad, so I don't really get involved in the, you know, the senior player politics and, and whatnot. Yeah. He always knew that I was I worked hard and and you know put 100 percent effort in. And I think as a manager. If you can rely on certain players and you know their personalities and what they're like, then you know you can work with everything else, can't you? So mm. he was um he had his number two Gus Poyer or until he left. And I think yeah. them as a partnership were really good. Like yeah. Gus must have kept Dennis really calm when he when he probably got a little bit agitated. <laughs> um they worked together, especially this, you know, the League One season, they worked together and created like a, a real good team atmosphere where we were all in it together kind of went down the route of trying to be friendly with all the players like he's your mate but you knew he wasn't your mate you knew he was a boss yeah. you knew he could give you a right while looking if needed be <laughs> um and Gus was a great number two for him and as a partnership they they really really work well together and that I think was that, when Gus left yeah, and uh, I was just gonna say yeah think, yeah well I knew Dave as well because he was at Leicester as a manager when I was younger so I, I knew what Dave was all about really old school obviously got yeah. A lot of past pedigree and, and whatnot, but I think that's when Dennis lost Gus and he lost his mate and somebody that was helping the club go in the right direction. And then he probably didn't have someone to calm him down a little bit or give mm. him, you know, bounce off as much or someone different and it just didn't quite click as much. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely at that time, Gus leaving was kind of then the catalyst that made Dennis leave. 
Oh, right, you okay. built up a really good relationship with Rui Marquez at the start of the 07-08 season. How did that kind of come about? You kind of worked off each other to get quite um, a lot of clean sheets early on. Yeah, do you know what? Like looking back, um, you create, you think of partnerships you have, and me and Rui, we like he he was one of the best centre back partners. <laughs> How I said that you complement each other. Yeah. For for me, I wasn't massively quick. I I was tall, so I could win the headers, and he was one that said, "You got for all the headers, I'll draw you running. I'll come in, don't worry <laughs> nice. about it." So I was like, "This is brilliant!" Like Rui was like so com- he was confident as well, and it was just really nice. He I probably was a little bit more vocal. We, like English wasn't his first language, so he was a little bit more quiet as well. So we just bounced off each other, and everyone respected him. He had a you know he was a cracking player. I played international football, so he had a lot of experience as well. Um, and yeah, we we did we worked really well together. Um, just back to Dennis quickly. How much was it of a shock when he just upped and left? Was it kind of? Did you hear any rumblings before? Because as a fan, it kind of just came out of the blue that he was off to um, Newcastle as chief, whatever he was went to do. Yeah, really. Like he went upstairs, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know, looking back, I think it was. It, 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 he changed. He had changed a little bit, as in when Gus left, he seemed a little bit more agitated all the time. Right. And then when we lost the game, he'd probably come down on you a lot harder than you thought he mm-hmm. would have done initially. And we were like, yeah, he just didn't seem as happy. Um, oh, right. okay. So from you know a personal point of view, you'd have to ask Dennis himself, but I just felt like he wasn't too happy at the time. And if an opportunity like that came up, he was probably like, you know, I don't know, but I think he got a little bit of stick from supporters as well with the Chelsea connection. So oh, yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, so he probably just thought, Do you know what? That seems like a an easier life form. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm only guessing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think it was the Gus that Gus leaving, and it all changed the dynamics, changing that you know just stopped the ship from going in the right direction. All right. And also, you played in Gary McAllister's first game, I think, in another game against Tramia, ironically. And I think that was your last game for Leeds. Did you kind of have an idea then that? Obviously, different managers have different ideas and different players. Obviously, I knew that that's how football works. So, yeah. a new manager comes in, every single player in the whole squad is on a level playing field. You just yeah. know they are. I, used, I, I didn't know Gary, but as a Leicester reserve player when I was younger, he was yeah. manager of the Coventry reserves. Yeah. And we used to play each other quite a lot in friendlies and whatever. And Gary used to always play in the game. So I played against him loads and had a little like, you knew we knew who each other was. So him coming yeah. in, I thought, I've got half a chance here. And it's the weirdest thing because at half time in that Tranmere game, I started the game and I played really well in the first half. I think it was nil nil. Yeah, and he, right. yeah. he came in at half time, singled me out to be in the, he's the best player on the pitch. If everyone can play like, and I thought, do you know what? I'm all right here. He likes yeah. me. Yeah. In the game, I think I made half a mistake. Well, I, I made some mistake that led to the goal. Yeah. Uh, we lost 2-0. And then at the end of the, well, the next couple of days, he was it was the same thing. Come and knock on the door. I need to get players in. Um, I need to move players on. There's um, quite quickly, there was another club waiting for me, Colchester, who were actually back in the championship back at the yes. time. So, for me personally, it wasn't too bad a move again, albeit other end of the country. Mm. Um, but he was, do you know what? I actually look back and with the Leicester tel- uh, manager telling me to move, I was really upset because it was my hometown club and I was upset to leave. With Gary saying it, he did it in a way and, you know, take my hat off to him. that I didn't feel upset with him. I kind of understood it. He, 
he, he spoke respectfully. He wasn't nasty in any way. So it was kind of like, do you know what? Good luck to you. Okay. That's how I felt at the time. That's fair enough. Do you still keep in contact with any of the players from your time at Leeds at all, Matt? Uh, I see Seb Carroll quite a lot and speak to him yeah. quite a lot because he used to... I only recently moved back home to Leicester. I stayed up in in York uh, near Weatherby, around that, that area for quite a while and, and started working up there when I finished playing football. So Seb lived in Weatherby and kept living there. So we bumped into each other quite a lot. And I think his son plays um, in the youth yeah, leaves now so we you know quite regularly Seb's like like we need to get a, a team a five-a-side team my, my son's <laughs> like getting his lads together and we always yeah. used to be nice. <laughs> um but yes he said I speak to I was quite pally with Ian Westlake Johnny House and Ben Parker so I still you know keep in contact with them over social media whatever and, and whatsapp um but yeah you know what football's weird because you get so close yeah. some people you, you live in the pockets day in day out mm. and then like do you know like primary school like you lose contact with some yeah. people yeah. really easy when you were really close but yeah dude, it's nice now it's easier to just have the old text here and there and see how people are getting there <laughs> yeah. and obviously it's been quite a sad week for football in Leicester with the passing of former left and lead striker Frank Worthington have you got sort of any memories you might have seen on TV any clips of him and being um, sort of around the ground at the walkers as it was back then yeah I mean like he was, he played a lot before I started watching but my dad he was like my dad's idol and he used to I can remember he used to just chant his name when he was around the ground he used to come on the pitch and my dad was like he was a cracking player he was yeah. and there was even a time when my dad was like we should get him back in the t-. like it was ridiculous <laughs> but um, yeah I can remember him being around all the time and how much fans you know like my dad's age used to enjoy you know him playing so yeah it's sad nice. um, um, overall then how do you look back on your time at Leeds uh, with really fond memories like yeah. it I kind of Look back in when people say what was the best team atmospheres and this, that, and the other. I think the time at Leeds, and then this is weirdly similar, right at the end of my career, I played non league football and I played at Harrogate Railway for a little bit, which were really low down. Yeah. Mm. Um, and we had a cracking team spirit there as well, and we overachieved there. But that kind of half season at Leeds was really, really similar how just everybody in the whole squad really got honestly got on with each other everyone really enjoyed each other's company and we all worked hard for each other and there was definitely no one pulling no bad eggs no one pulling in the wrong direction like I said and it was a great team spirit so albeit it was a little bit of a weird kind of when I went on loan initially and the the kind of the downside of it which followed with a really you know nice time there and like I say great club great training facilities great ground history fans Mm -hmm. brilliant so yeah, I can look back now and think, you know, what? I was really—I wasn't that long, probably a year and a half, nearly. Mm. But it was really, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Nice, brilliant. brilliant. Thank you so much. There's some cracking stories in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's obviously a time from a fan's perspective. Uh, certainly, the 0607 season won't live long in the memory for the relegation. But the following start to the season was—it felt like it was against the world, and it's certainly from fond memories that I will always remember. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's nice now, I still work for Leeds. So I work, at, I'm a teacher now, so I work for the Leeds United College. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Yeah, so I still have a connection with the club, so that's really, really nice. Get, fantastic. Gets under your skin, doesn't it, in the club? It, do you know what, right? It's a funny one, because Leicester have always been my number one boyhood club. <clears> yeah. But Leeds are definitely, by far, easily my number two club now. 
always look out for them. I want them to do well. Fantastic. There we go. Well, thank you very much, Mahi, for joining us for the podcast. Um, can people find you on social media anywhere or um, anything that you're up to? You know what? I'm not big on it. I have no. got an Instagram page, but if you want me to say what it is, I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Brilliant. So, well, thank you for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best for the future. Right, cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Lovely. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, mate. Pleasure to speak to you. Most of our stats come from LUFC Stats or LUFC Data on Twitter. A very special thanks to Barney Stewart, Cooper Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show and all our family and friends.